Hi, welcome to New Hope Community Church Online. The sermon you are about to hear was originally given by Pastor Chuck Wilson. New Hope Community Church, to know, to live, and to share Jesus Christ. The title for today is Facing What We Fear. Facing What We Fear, Joshua 10, 16 to 28. And if you were here last week, uh, you noticed, you remember we talked about something that was fulfilled while we were talking about it. And, and that's why I always say whenever you hear the news, read the news, connect the dots to God's word. We talked about persecution. We looked at some stuff from Revelation last week. We saw how Revelation predicts that persecution is going to come in increasing measure. And Jesus said, you'll be hated by all men, all nations because of me. And that, and that includes our country. It's going to happen. We don't know when. I hope it's a long time from now. But, but, but we see the signs, right? And then we went home from that to the horrific news of this, this shooting in, in Texas. But what was even scarier than the shooting was the response to the shooting. The shooting wasn't the scariest part. The, the scariest part was the social media and the response. The amazing response to those who don't like Christians and we're celebrating it and positive about it and a lot of comments about we could use a lot more of these. And that's even scarier, even scarier for Christians in this country because we, we see what, what's, what's happening. And just a week before that, a week before that, we saw the terror attack in New York City with a truck. And there's been lots of but the truck hits the crowd. And it turns out that this terrorist had been in the country for quite a while, but was just waiting to make an attack. The attack just exposed the enemy, the terrorist. And the USA is now realizing that we, we have a big problem to deal with. There's a lot of undercover terrorists, and they're doing their best. They're trying to track down and head off the radicals, you know, the, these radicalized terrorists. But the problem is they're starting to see that there's a lot of undercover enemies. And that's what we're going to look at here today in the God's Word, not physical terrorists, but spiritual terrorists. There are a lot of undercover spiritual enemies that we have to deal with. Now, last week we saw that Israel won a big victory over its enemies. Through God's power, God confused the attackers, remember? And then he sent hailstone, this, this crushed them with the hailstones, then stopped the sun so they could finish the battle. Wild, wild story. Uh, if you weren't here, make sure you get the CD or go on the podcast, YouTube. But We'll see today that even though they just won this great victory with God's power, the fighting was not finished. There's still mopping up to do, spiritual mopping up to do, which speaks to us because this is a physical picture of a spiritual battle that we're fighting. This whole story in Joshua is all about us. Joshua, Jesus, same exact word, right? One's Hebrew, one's Greek. Uh, you know, the whole thing is, is one spiritual picture of the spiritual battles we're fighting and we're going to see the spiritual battles that we have to watch out the spiritual terrorist enemies that we have to watch out for today let's pray father we thank you for bringing us here we thank you for the worship that helps us to focus on you we know that each one of us is here for a purpose and even if we're not here if we're listening to this somewhere we know that we're hearing this for a purpose that that your spirit wants to do something in our life through your word. I pray that for your mercy and grace to do that. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, let's pick it up here with John chapter 10, verse 16. Right after the battle's all finished, right? That we saw last week. Now the five kings had fled and hidden in a cave at Makeda, 
When Joshua was told that the five kings had been found hiding in the cave at Makeda, he said, Roll large rocks up to the mouth of the cave and post some men there to guard it. But don't stop. Pursue your enemies. Attack them from the rear and don't let them reach their cities. For the Lord your God has given them into your hand. So Joshua and the Israelites destroyed them completely, almost to a man. But the few who were left reached their fortified cities. The whole army then returned safely to Joshua in the camp at Makeda, and no one uttered a word against the Israelites. Joshua said, Open the mouth of the cave and bring those five kings out to me. So they brought the five kings out of the cave, the kings of Jerusalem, Hebron, Jarmuth, Lachish, and Eglon. When they had brought these kings to Joshua, he summoned all the men of Israel and said to the army commanders who had come with him, Come here and put your feet on the necks of these kings. So they came forward and placed their feet on their necks. Joshua said to them, Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Be strong and courageous. This is what the Lord will do to all the enemies you're going to fight. Then Joshua struck and killed the kings and hung them on five trees, and they were left hanging on the trees until evening. At sunset, Joshua gave the order, and they took them down from the trees and threw them into the cave where they had been hiding. At the mouth of the cave, they placed large rocks, which are there to this day. That day, Joshua took Makeda. He put the city and its king to the sword, and he totally destroyed everyone in it. He left no survivors, and he did to the king of Makeda as he had done to the king of Jericho. Once again, if you haven't been here for the, the, what's leading up, we know that as brutal as it sounds to kill all these people, there's reasons spiritual and there are reasons uh, physical, but they're a picture of what we're supposed to do to our spiritual enemies. We're not supposed to kill anybody. Now, we don't have that mandate. Uh, this, we're to kill our spiritual enemies today, and that's a picture of this. And this is all about the Christian life. This is the Christian life, all right? This is our, our life here. What jumps out at us here, what really jumps out, if you say this is our Christian life, these enemies, physical, spiritual enemies, when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, like the Gibeonites did, they put their faith in Joshua to save them, remember? When we put our faith in Jesus, that when we take that step of faith, we say, God, I believe Jesus died for my sin. I put my faith in Jesus. His death on the cross in my place, I give my life to him. The moment you do that, we, it, the Bible calls it salvation. Salvation. We are saved. We're saved from eternal judgment. We're saved from an empty life here. We're saved from the consequences of, of living out a life apart from Christ on this earth. We're, we're saved. So, when, so this is what jumps out. When we put our faith in Jesus, we're saved, just like the Gibeonites. Or when we win a big spiritual victory. The Israelites are like mature Christians that were helping out the Gibeonites. When we win a big spiritual victory in our life, because after we're saved, what's the next S? Sanctification. Sanctification means we, we are become holy like Jesus. It's a lifelong process. We're, we're positionally sanctified. We're seated with Christ in the heavenlies. But, but the practical salvation is something, uh, sanctification is something we work out all along. It's a, a lifelong practical sanctification. But when we win that, that very big, big victory, when that happens, we often think, well, I'm saved or I'm sanctified. I got this victory. We often think, it's over. This is great. <laughs> I made it. <laughs> you, ever, you remember feeling like that or thinking that? Some of you might be thinking that way right now. Don't shake your head. But, but it's not. Yes, the war has been won. The war was won on the 
cross. The cross. That's where Jesus defeated Satan. He defeated sin. He defeated the world. He defeated death on the cross. That was awesome. That's what happened on the cross. Super, right? But, but there's still a lot of mopping up to do. As, we're gonna, as we see here in Joshua 10. It reminds me of World War II. I'm a big history buff. And in World War II, when we were fighting, the, going through the islands, dislodging our enemies on all those islands in the South Pacific, and they would get to these islands, and they would get onto the island, they would take it, they would claim it, they'd get the flag up, Iwo Jima, you know. But, as soon as, but af, after that happened, next thing you know, the battle wasn't really over. I mean, it was over, they're going to win, but there was a lot of mopping up to do, because where was the enemy? They had dug in. They went underground. They were in these caves. In fact, when we were in the Philippines, we saw a lot of these caves. And the, the tour guide was telling us that what they did is there were so many caves in the Philippines, they couldn't even deal with it. They didn't want to send their soldiers in to, to fight and get killed and, you know, by these you know, fanatical soldiers. So they, they often would just dynamite. They took dynamite. They put it over the entrance and just blew it up and buried them. And they said, if you were to dig in there right now, you would find all these skeletons and weapons and, and pl- whole big groups of soldiers that were just dynamited in there and died in these caves. We can't do that. As when we come to Christ, there's, we're going to see there's enemies in the cave, but we can't just dynamite them in and, and forget about them because they will come back to spiritually haunt us. We're called to deal with these enemies, which we're going to see here in a little bit. But we do have dynamite to do it. We do have dynamite. In fact... In the New Testament, the word for power, God's power, is dunami. Dunami, where we get the word from. We have God's power to defeat these enemies, to, to, to trap them where God wants them, and then to ultimately wipe them out. We have that, that power to do that. Now, back to the story here in Joshua 10. The Gibeonites have just been saved by Joshua, Okay. And this is a picture of us when we're saved at salvation by our Joshua, Jesus Christ, okay? The Israelites had just won a huge victory. Just won this huge victory. So, and and we we saw God's power, and we talked about God's power in our life. He used the hell, the sun. The sun stops, and this is a picture once again of our sanctification. This just happened. So what happens next? They're just saved. The Gibeonites are just saved. They just came to Joshua for salvation. The Israelites just won this big victory, sanctification. They won this big victory over this very powerful enemy. So what happens next? Not Disney World. All right? They don't go to Disney World. You know, you all see the football games and all that. Joshua doesn't take them to Disney World. Joshua takes them to the cave. The cave. The cave. While, they, while the Gibeonites were experiencing their salvation, they're being saved, while they're experiencing that, Joshua had bottled up the five kings, their most powerful enemies that they had to face, the Gibeonites. This is the ones who attacked the Gibeonites, right? There were most five powerful enemies. He, he didn't take soldiers, he took the five kings and he put them in a cave. While Israel is fighting these spiritual ba- fighting their battle, which is like us fighting spiritual battles, while they're fighting their enemies, Joshua had temporarily neutralized these five kings. That's what he did. But now Joshua brings them back to the cave. The cave. Just like Jesus does with us. Just like he does with us. We have to face our spiritual enemies. We have to face our spiritual terrorists in our life. And, but God waited until the, the, the 
thickest fighting was over. He waited till just the right time, and that's what God does with us. God, when you first put your faith in Christ, God doesn't say, okay, now deal with everything. It would wipe us out. No, he gives us, he waits till we're ready, till we're strong enough to face certain enemies. And you know what I'm talking about. It's, it's like what you do with your kids. What do we do with our kids? It, it, there's age-appropriate, right? Age-appropriate challenges, whether it's school or whether it's sport or whether, whatever it is. There's age-appropriate, and that's what God does. There's a, spiritually age-appropriate challenges that he has his face. Maybe it's a temptation in our life. Maybe it's uh, an addiction, which the Bible calls besetting sins. Okay, besetting sins. Maybe it's a besetting sin. Maybe it's with drugs or alcohol or, or sexual struggles or anger or gluttony. You can add to the list many, many times. Maybe it's something that God reminds us of or convicts us of. Something we haven't thought of in years, but he convicts us of something. He says, now's the time to re- confess that. Now's the time to repent. Now's the time to go make something right, if it needs to be made right. Maybe it's old wounds that, that we didn't even remember sometimes, or we haven't thought of since we were much younger. Maybe it's something like sexual abuse, and we've been sexually abused, and, and all of a sudden the effects rear their ugly head in our life in some way. They come out in some way, and not through sexual abuse, but, the, but the, maybe it's anger, or maybe it's fear, or some way, depression, it comes out in some way. We read, read the news, you see what's going on, right? All over the country right now. Uh, but, but it rears its ugly head, and that, now, now we have to deal with it. Why? We haven't dealt with it all those years. Because God says, now's the time to get your healing. Maybe it's our marriage. Our marriage has been sailing along. It's just been one long honeymoon. Anybody out there? But uh, you know, everything's great, right? But all of a sudden, we hit the wall in our marriage. Just like the marathon run, you hit that 21-mile wall. You hit the wall, and, and all of a sudden, it's like, what? And because we all have vulnerable places, vulnerable spots that we got to face in our marriages. Every one of us at some point have to do that. And, but what, what happens so often is when Joshua, Jesus, brings us to the cave... And he says, now we're going to face this enemy. Often we are shocked. You know what I'm talking about? Or our faith is shaken. And this is where many people crash in their faith. This is the place that many, many people crash. Mature believers, been Christians 30 years, all of a sudden you hear this crash story. Because they were brought face to face to the cave to deal with something and they crash. Pastors blowing out of ministry, you know? You hear story after story of people crashing at this point. But Joshua 10 gives us some vital secrets here in this battle, shows us how to deal with our enemies in the cave. And the first one that really, I think, jumps out is face it with faith. Face it with faith. Whatever, don't go into, when Jesus brings us to that cave and says, now's the time. Don't deny it. Many of us are denial. I, I don't have that problem. I don't, you know, we, we go into denial or don't let it shake us up. Face it with Joshua's help. Jesus Christ's help. He's our Joshua. Just as they had to go with Joshua to the cave, face it with Jesus' help. Trust, trust. Faith is all about trusting. We've already been saved by faith, but, but now it's living by faith, right? Trust God. He knows when we're ready. He knows when we're ready. One of the kids' places we used to take the kids to had a climbing wall. And we used to love to go to the climbing wall, and they'd put this harness on, and they'd try to climb up and hit the buzzer at the top. A lot of you were there when we used to do it. But, but we have kids of all different ages, as you know. And when, when we'd go to the wall, the bigger ones, we'd say, get up that wall. And they'd go up the wall, and they'd be all excited. Some were smaller. 
maybe they'd take a few little climbs and the little ones we didn't even make try because it wasn't they weren't ready for it, right? And, the, and the, the medium-sized ones who couldn't get all the way up, I didn't yell, get up that wall, you know. The older ones I did. Okay, I confess it. But anyway, the, the younger ones I didn't, because I knew them getting up halfway was a big deal. And, and, and that's the thing is God knows when we're ready for the wall. He knows how far we can climb. He, he knows what we're ready for. And that's why we, we have to face it with faith. I remember one time years ago talking to a woman who came to me and talked to me, and she said, I'm getting hit with this severe temptation in my life. It was a sexual thing. And, and she was like, she goes, I, I, I haven't been in that life in seven years. I thought I was past it. And now, wham, it hits me in the face. And, and, and I, she was so shaken by this. And I said, listen, it's okay. God knows that now is the time to clean out your cave. He knew you couldn't handle that at salvation. He knew you couldn't handle it a year ago. He says now is the time to deal with not just not, not going to that sin, but getting your healing, getting your healing. And that's where it's so important to talk to other Christians and, and talk to Kim or I, we get you connected, or Christian counseling. It's so important to get our healing. Don't just stuff it, don't deny it, but, but to get our healing. And God knows when it's time. That's why we have to face it with faith. The second thing that really jumps out here is to depend, to depend on God's mercy and grace. To depend on God's mercy and grace. Remember we've talked about that many times. Approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and grace to find us, to help us in our time of need. And, and depending on God's mercy and grace is, is being dependent on him. To be dependent on Jesus. Joshua did it all. He did it all. He caught these guys. He put them in the cave and kept them there. And then he killed them. He killed them. They just had to put their feet on the necks. And you say, well, what was that all about? That this was scary for them. It was a sign that they trusted Joshua to, to defeat that scary enemy, to put their feet on the neck. It, it's, I'm trying, I was trying to think of what's a good example. It'd be like if I brought a zombie in here and put it on the ground and said, come on, put, step up, just step on it. You know, and it's like, you know, doing this old zombie thing. You'd be scared, right? Well, that's really, these are, these are the five scariest people for the, the, these people to face. And he said, put your foot on your neck. He was, he, you, they were trusting Joshua to subjugate, to control them. He had the power over them. And that's why we have to depend on Jesus. Jesus has the power over what he's calling us to face. It, it's a sign that they trusted him. That's what the picture is. Uh, I remember when I was a kid, I remember it very well, I was three years old. You don't remember many things when you're three, but I remember this very, very well. I was three, and I was chewing a big piece of gum, bubble gum, and I was walking across the yard out toward the barn, and all of a sudden this big rooster stepped right in front of me. He's tall, tall as I was. And i never forget that big old white rooster, and I said, get out of my way, and I'm chewing my gum. I was a tough three-year-old, right? And... Uh, now you know where Laurel gets it. But anyway, uh, and, and the rooster, I'll never forget it, he picked up one of his claws, put it on my chest, pushed me down, jumped, stood up, on, stepped up on top of me, and by now I'm like, ah! He pecked the gum out of my mouth and walked away. I was screaming bloody murder. 
My dad came running over thinking I was been killed, you know. He goes, what happened? What happened? <laughs> I, you know, he gets me. I go, the rooster stole my gum. He knocked me down. He took my gum. I said, get out of the way. He took my gum. I was like freaking. I was just terrorized. I, he goes, which one was it? You know, and, and so my dad takes my hand. And we go looking for that rooster out to the barn on everywhere. Looking, and I fingered that rooster. And I said, that's the one. He said, just a minute. And he walked up. He grabbed the rooster around the neck, walked it over the block, chopped off its head. And we ate it that night. Chicken never tasted so good. <laughs> Had a bubblegum flavor, but anyway. But, you know, the difference, I was sitting there laying on the ground screaming and crying, and then the next thing you know, I'm walking out looking for that rooster again and pointing him out and all excited, yeah, chop his head off. I was all pumped up, you know, my dad had him. What was the difference? I was with my dad. I was holding his hand. I was depending on his, him. And that's the same picture. We depend on the differences. I wasn't afraid with my dad there. And then when we face those roosters in our life, we, de- we depend on God's mercy and grace. Face it with faith. Depend on God's mercy and grace. And the third th- thing is stay on our guard. To stay on our guard. Our enemies are just waiting to break out and take us out. They're just waiting to break out and take us out. They're just waiting. Waiting to do it. They're there all the time. I remember I was, Kim and I went on a trip to Mississippi, mission trip with a youth group, and uh, it was actually the trip Ryan was born on. Our son Ryan was born in Mississippi on a mission trip. Crazy, huh? And when we were there, I bought lots of trinkets and stuff, and I bought something that was called rattlesnake eggs to bring back. And and now, they weren't really rattlesnake eggs. If you open the packet, they were little popcorn kernels. And they had a little wire, and had a rubber band with a washer on it. And it was a, it was a, you know, a, a trick you play on people. And you'd, you'd wind up this, this washer on the rubber band, and you'd stick it in, you put a paper clip to hold it tight. And then when you hand it to somebody, you say, oh, look at the rattlesnakes. And it says around right the front, be careful, don't keep in a dry place. You know, the idea is you don't want to hatch them. They open it up, and it rattles, and they drop it, and they go crazy. I did that to about 20 people, then one woman had a heart problem, but I won't go into that. Anyway, yeah, she had to take her nitrogen pills. You know, she, 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 I was scared. She was, I have a heart problem. I go, it's a, it's, so that was the last time I played that game. But anyway, the, the, the thing is, this, this, the, the eggs weren't real. It was just a joke. They weren't real, but they thought it was like a snake, rattlesnake, right? And our, but our enemies in the cave are real. They really are there. They're just waiting to get out. They're just waiting to take us out. And that's the key is don't let them out. Let God bring them out when it's time, when he's there with his power. And it's very, very important. And I'll use one example. I've heard so many stories recently, for a lot of reasons, you can figure out why, of people telling me they had a Christian friend, who had a heroin addiction, and they had been clean for two years, five years, ten years. When Teen Challenge was here recently, they told me some of these stories. And they said, these people have been clean for years, and they just like, I'm going to try it one more time. And they try it one more time, and it kills them. Because their body is no longer used to it, number one. 
And number two, it's so much stronger than when they used it 10 years ago. And, and you hear all these sad stories, but that's the key. And it's just, heroin is just a physical picture. Spiritually, you can connect the dots to many things that can take us out spiritually. We're never past any temptation. Stay on our guard. So face it with faith, depend on God's mercy and grace, stay on our guard, and I want to encourage us to help others with their spiritual battles. This is the last thing I want to say about this, is to help others. And to do that, we have to be transparent. We have to be willing to share our struggles. Oh, I'm perfect, you know. No, it can't be that. You've got, you got to be willing to share with people our struggles. And that we're not, now we're a Christian, we're right. No, no, we're still struggling, but by God's grace, we're making progress, hopefully, Right? And they have to understand that we're still struggling. But be transparent. And also, when we want to help somebody, wait for God's time. Wait for God's. They didn't rush over the cave and open it up. No, they waited for Joshua to take them there to get out. We have to wait for God's time to deal with something. Now, if, if someone's struggling with their beating their wife, and obviously that's the time. We know it. They can't hurt their wife. You know, we gotta, we got to deal with it. Or, or if, uh, you know, something dangerous that's, you know, life life threatening we have to deal with it right then because that is God's time right but but oftentimes we should wait if it's not life-threatening if somebody's not being hurt we have to wait for clear leading and this was one of the hardest things for me in ministry to, to really learn this lesson and to wait for God's leading because if we do it in the flesh and we don't wait for God's leading we can do more harm than good I remember uh I remember Growing up, the cows, our cows in the barn would often have these bumps on their back, these little, little bumps, like knuckles almost sitting up on, on their back, on the rump area or somewhere on their back. And we, we knew what that was. They were grubs. But we didn't know how the grubs got inside the cow, how they got there, and they were growing in the back there. And we, we, all, farm, we all had these farm theories you know they eat the grass and there's eggs in the grass and then it works its way up into their back or or some everybody had a different story but i finally found out what how they really got there i was watching uh one of these insect scary insect specials with the kids and they were saying the 10 scariest insects and and uh then they said the bot fly and they showed this red-headed fly that was called a bot fly and what it would do what it does is it lands on animals or even a person if you have a red-headed fly in your arm, please kill it. So it lands on it, and it, it drops a little larva-type creature. It looks like an alien almost. Drops it really tiny, microscopic. You showed it with a, micros- with a magnifying glass. Drops it on the skin, and it, right away it starts digging into the skin. It just like penetrates because it's so thin. It, it's like one of those alien movies, right? It just penetrates down in, and it starts to grow. Starts to feed off of the host and grow, and 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 I finally figured out where these grubs were coming from. Watching this, but these grubs would start. They would they would be there, and all of a sudden you see a little bump, and it get a little bigger, a little bigger, and start to get like about like this, and and then we knew let's kill the thing, because they would start to emerge out, and all of a sudden there'd be a little opening, and they start to emerge out, and we wanted to kill them because we knew it was going to be a fly, and we hated flies, and so we would we we'd come up to them, and and we would like. Put our, put our fingers at the bottom, we just at the base, and we start trying to dig in as far as we could with our fingers, and the cows were always like jumping a little bit, but you know, we're like pushing all of a sudden, push hard, and it pops out, this grub about like this big, but pop out of the cow, and it land on the ground, we'd all step on it, pop it, you know, because we hated these things, they were 
gross, you know, disgusting things. And, and, but the thing was this. Farm life was very interesting, right? But the thing was, we had to wait till the right time because we were always anxious. So as soon as somebody saw them, we wanted to be the one to kill that grub. And, and they were all on all the cows, you know, in time, you'd have them, all of them would have at least one of them. And, but we would, if we went and you did it too early, like the opening wasn't big enough, you could just see the head of the grub coming out, but it was too early. If you did it too early, you couldn't pop it out. It, the opening wasn't big enough yet. The opening to the cave wasn't big enough. And we would start to push, and all of a sudden we hear a pop inside the cow. Now you got a problem. <laughs> Now you got a problem. You got a smushed grub inside the cow, and then potential infection, and then we had to watch it, we had to put, you know, spray it with something or iodine on it. We had to try to, because now you got a problem. And the key was to wait for the right time to deal with that. And that's the key as pastors, as Christian brothers and sisters, as parents, as all of us. When we see someone with a spiritual grub, it doesn't mean it's time to pop it. We have to wait till Jesus says, this is the right time. And we have to prayerfully, patiently, perseveringly pray for that right time. Jesus knows when the right time to deal with that, that, that struggle that we have in our life. We have to wait for God to bring spiritual grubs to, to the surface in our life and in other people's lives. Wait for God, depending on his mercy and grace, staying on our guard, facing what we fear, holding Jesus' hand. That's the key here. And the key to facing our fear is don't be afraid. As we get ready to go to prayer here, don't be afraid or discouraged. Look what Joshua says in verse 25. He tells us that victory is guaranteed if we persevere. If we do all this Hold, hold you know, Joshua's hand, face it in fear, depend on God's mercy and grace, stay on our guard. If we do all this, we are guaranteed victory if we persevere. Verse 25, and we've heard this before in Joshua, haven't we? Joshua said to them, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. Be strong and courageous. This is what the Lord will do to all the enemies you are going to fight. That is our promise. That is to us. We claim that promise. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. No matter how ugly the enemy in the cave is, no matter how strong it is, no matter how long the fight goes on, we will defeat this enemy through faith in our Joshua, Jesus Christ. How is God speaking to us today? How is he speaking to us? What enemy do we need to face through God's mercy and grace? Through faith, what enemy do we need to face? Maybe, maybe you've been cruising along and the warning today is to stay on our guard because it's not over till we get to heaven, right? Stay on our guard. Who is God leading us to help? Who is he leading us to help face their enemies and fight battles? Who is God calling you to talk to? Who is someone that you can trust to talk to about your struggles, to, to share, to, to, to break the power of the secret? The Bible says many times in the Bible about sharing our struggles. 
Confess your sins one to another. There's a, the confessing it to God is first step, but, but then God also has given us each other to help each other. And that's what breaks the power of a struggle is when we share it with someone. Find someone you can trust. Don't be afraid to talk to me or Kim. You will not shock me. Whatever you say, I'm not going to say, oh, I can't believe that. You can't be part of our church. Please. First of all, whatever you're sharing, I'm going to forget. It's good being old. I'm going to forget it quickly. But, uh, but also, I can help you or I'm going to find someone who else who can help you because we all struggle with something. We are all vulnerable. We all have to battle. It breaks the power. And, and have you put your faith in Jesus? Have you taken the first step to, to get in your freedom, to get your healing. And that's turning to Joshua, Jesus, first to save us, for salvation. Have you put your faith in Jesus to save you? That's the first step. Let's pray. How is God speaking to us? Maybe, it, it's, maybe God's calling us to take the first step of salvation. Coming to Jesus to be saved. Coming to Jesus and putting our faith in him. What he did for us on the cross and, and the victory that he has won. We put our faith in him. We give our life to him. Maybe that's the first step you need to take today to live a new life in Jesus Christ. You can pray that prayer right now. Wherever you're sitting, wherever you're standing, whatever you're doing, you can pray that prayer right now, the prayer of salvation. It's a simple prayer, the gospel. Jesus, please forgive me. I don't want the sin anymore. I don't want the garbage anymore. I, don't, I repent of that. I walk away from that. Please forgive me. Whatever we've done, whatever we've been, can be completely forgiven right now in God's sight. No matter what it is, Jesus, please forgive me. Because I'm putting my faith in you. I believe you died on the cross for me. You came back from the dead for me. You took my place. You paid the price. You are my substitute. I put my faith in you, Jesus. And I'm going to follow you. I give you my life. 
forgiveness, faith, and follow. If you have prayed that prayer, or if you do pray that prayer, something amazing happens. You become a brand, we become a brand new person in Jesus Christ. We have his Holy Spirit living in us. We have his power to face whatever we face in life. We have God's power. We can take hold of God, our Father's hand at any time. He's our daddy now. The Bible says, let's call him daddy, Abba. Father, Daddy, take his hand any time. Hold on to his hand at all times. Whatever we're facing. Whatever wants to knock us down. Whatever does knock us down, he'll pick us up. I want to encourage you to let somebody know you've given your life to Jesus. That you've been saved by Jesus. Tell me on the way out. Fill out the card. Tell someone, your family member, a friend, let somebody know ASAP so that we can encourage you and be excited for you. For those of us already put our faith in Christ, how is the Holy Spirit speaking to us? What enemy do we need to face that, that Jesus has brought us face to face with at the cave? Maybe we've been afraid to face it, but because of today, we say, God, by faith, I'm going to face this. I'm going to depend on your mercy and grace and persevere through this. I'm going to get my healing, no matter what I have to do or who I have to talk to, who I have to ask to pray for me, I'm going to get my healing. Father, we know that your word today is just the first step in this healing. The first step in many spiritual battles that we're going to have to fight. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would deeply convict us and move in our hearts. Moving us forward in our spiritual battle. And even if we've been fighting something for a long, long time. Even if we have to fight it till the day we walk into heaven, that you will give us the, the mercy and grace to keep persevering. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.